Welcome to the show. I'm Mikey. And it's your girl Zay Day. We are two social justice warriors dedicated to dismantling systems of oppression through a black, black queer, queer feminist lens. Feminist lens. Yes, this podcast will cover a variety of topics ranging from politics in our country to which new bop you can twerk to. Hey. <laughs> yep. And while we're twerking, y'all can start following. Search Black to the Future on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join in the conversation. And don't forget to leave positive reviews for us on your streaming platforms. Yes, please leave positive reviews. With the reach of this podcast, we desire to change the world one episode at a time. Yep, and I think it's time we get started, don't you think? Yep, let's get it! The The past past is gone, gone. the present present is an adventure. adventure. Looks like it's time to to go go black to the future. future. Cue the theme music. Mm. Y'all. Dropping every Thursday on the hour of the 12. Yeah. Breaking all the curses, creating family well. Yeah. Saving my community, my passion is their help. Yes, I am a teacher, but I do not miss help. Looking at the world through a feminist lens. Dub it or trash, no recycling bins. Women are superior, we're gonna get our wins. Category clothes, the girls get their tins. Transphobic thoughts are shaky, they wobble. Homophobic creeps left behind, they dawdle. LGBT on pose, yeah, they model. Black to the future, we say poppin' models. Like a dice, like a dog. We are back, back, black, well, actually, black, black, black again. Black, black, black again. Black again. Welcome, everyone, to Black to the Future podcast. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Is it on? Is it recorded? <laughs> Did you see that T.S. Madison is getting her own show on WeTV? She is? It oh starts on it starts this Oh, um, Are you ready to laugh? What? T.S. Madison. Yes, I'm, I thought you was gonna show me something funny. Uh, no, on on the um on the fourth, I think it comes out on We TV, Women's Entertainment Television, baby. I cannot wait. I, I watched the first fifteen minutes on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. I love Maddie. I love me so Maddie. Like all her interviews, even when she had her little YouTube show on um on World of Wonder from like you know RuPaul Drag Race and da 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 like. Mm-hmm. She had a show called Let Me Pick You Up. And I was like, oh, I loved it. Like, she would just pick up people and they would go get food and shit. She would say some of the funniest shit ever. And I was like, oh, I love Lisa Batty. Anyway, I didn't know if you knew about that or not. No, I didn't. And I'm excited. Because I, I seen her on, what was she on? She was on Hey Queen. Oh, yes. Hey, Queen. Oh, now I'm sad because Lady, Lady Red Couture, the co-host, she passed away last year. Moment of silence. Moment of silence for Lady Red Couture. Mm. She, was, she, was, she was lovely. But anyway, I just, I'm excited for Maddie's show. So shout out to T.F. Madison. We, so, and then uh, Mab. Yes. How is your blackness? My blackness is really awesome today. My blackness is 
creative and flourishing, and it feels very vibrant today. Oh, vibrant. <laughs> so. I, I wrote a song to help me heal from a situation I've been going through, and it feels good to just put it on paper because I haven't written a song this entire year for myself. So this is the first time that we, in March, and this is the first time in months that I've written a song. So. Mm. And you know, you got the, you have songwriting skills like, like no other. So I just, when you sent the snippet earlier, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, cause I, I wrote, I wrote with two other people uh, since I've been back to Chicago. And I have, I think I'm writing with someone tomorrow. They're not like an artist. It's just like a, um, like a jam session. Okay. So that, that's going to be a lot of fun. But how are you, sister? How is your blackness today? Um, I'm, 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 my blackness is, we, we pretty great. We pretty great. We can't be too mad right about now. Finding the joy in the little things, really. Amen. So with my new job and everything, everything is going exceptionally well. So I haven't told people about my new job, but very much, at least not on the podcast, I haven't told people, but <laughs> I have enough, a lovely new job at Chicago House and Social Services. Ooh, yeah, Chicago House. The doll is salary, so Ooh. she has two and a half coins now. So, <laughs> so we know we do a, a little bit. I'm, I was a part of the program that I run now, and now I get to help run the program. It's like a full circle moment. It's really I'm beautiful. I'm so proud of you on so many levels. Thank on so you. many facets, I'm proud of you. Thank ah. you. Ah, <laughs> coming in a hundred. coming in a hundred next to Coli, Coli. Ah, Check the meat, E. coli, E. coli. I hate you. <laughs> but thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No, thank you, thank you, Lord. <laughs> but I'm I'm very pleased to have this position. I feel so blessed. Um, for all the family and friend support, and then also the people in the in the organization who wanted me to be a part of this. So I'm grateful for that. And. We actually about to f start the first full swing of the program now. We're well, we that I help run, and I'm like low key nervous. But you know, my manager he always reassured me like you're gonna be fine. It's gonna be okay. Like he did this for a long time, so he real relaxed. And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> like I, I think I'm gonna be fine. I'm just like nervous, low key. Because it's something I've never done before, but something I'm just so passionate about. So basically what my job entails is that I help educate and coordinate people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community in the black and um, brown specifically, or Latinx people, help them get careers in community, help so learning about HIV, STIs, and stuff like that, and learning how to properly counsel people through that kind of trauma and those kind of things. And also we help people build their job resumes and, and stuff like that and learn their, improve their interview abilities so they can do what they need to do. Meaningful and powerful work. Because like, if you really think of, 
if you really think about it, the most important thing in this country, at least, is having money, being making able to make capital and income. And if black and brown people are already having a hard time doing that, black and brown queer people are, are another level of intersectionality, which we talked about a few episodes ago. Exactly. Makes it even harder. So it's like, I just wanted to be able to get back and help it. If I can get someone to get a job so they can get money, so they can come, so it can, it's like, it's like planting into yourself or like pouring into yourself. It's like, I'm going to help my community so that they can help themselves so that they can give back and help us. It's fully cyclical, you know? So I love that I get to do that. And it's, it's important because a lot of us who are that first generation that's actually in the bag and making money, mm-hmm. a lot of us take that money and we helping mama pay her life bill. Right. We helping our little brother uh, with his uh, uh, get his uniform for basketball or football. We we are funneling that money back into our community, into our families. And so it can be hard to make ends meet because you're trying to help others too while you're making your bag. So this is this is positive, awesome work, and I'm so glad that you are at the helm of it. I, I couldn't Ooh. imagine anyone who is better equipped and has the personality and the positive energy, ah, just to, to lift those people up. So I, they are I, they better know what they have. Mm-hmm. Chicago House better know because they got a, they got a whole wet, they got a whole powerhouse. <laughs> Powerboat, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm really excited about it. And, um, you know, like you said, being at the helm of something like this, not that I run the whole organization or nothing like that. That's still cis white gay man, but we're going to get that one day, girl. Um, (laughs) Even though I'm not at the helm as much as I will want to, like being a face of something like this and like pushing culture forward and knowledge and information is so important. It's kind of like what we be talking about today. Yes! I'm so excited about the topic of today. Because you got to pick it, so that definitely helps. (laughs) So what are we talking about today, Meow? Today, we are going to talk about uh, queer and... um, inclusive cinema um we're talking about black tv and black movies black hollywood along with queer lgbt hollywood all that jazz we're not gonna talk about everything because if we if we did that we wouldn't have time but we're definitely going to uh, touch on some of our favorites and notable people uh, actors, movies, things like that. Yes. So let's go ahead and get started with that. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. <gasps> and you is right. <laughs> All right. So we're going to speak about, like Nap said, um, Blacks queer-centric cinema, movies, television shows, all that kind of stuff. And, of course, we can sit here and ramble off things like Martin, My Wife and Kid, even though he's canceled the Cosbys. Um, <laughs> what else do we be watching? Uh, Everybody Hates Chris, Sister, Sister, My Favorite, The Parkers. Hey! hey so, a different world. 
world. A different world. Um, living single, one on one, half and half. You half know, half girlfriend, girlfriend, all of like we could sit here ninety seven days and list all these things. And of course, one very important queer centric movie for Black people or, or TV show as well is Noah's Ark. I just want to briefly throw that in there. Even oh. though I'm not going to talk about it, I just want to throw it out there because mm, that is a. Mm, 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 mm. I think I think Mab will have some words to say about how mm, it is in a minute here. But I want to talk about the 2016 movie Moonlight. 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 Ugh. And every time I hear that, of course, I think about Ariana Grande's song where she'd be like. You know, I sound just like it when I did it too. You ain't get up in the register. Had to punch me in the throat so I could get up there. But anyway, so um, Moonlight won Best Picture at which Academy Awards? The 89th Academy Awards. Oh, child. 89th Academy Award. It became the first film with an all-black cast, the first with an LGBTQ-relevant theme, and it was the second lowest-grossing film domestically. (laughs) That won Best Picture. So, of course, this was the the infamous year where they was like, La La Land won, and they was like, Oops, side bitch, no, 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 no. Moonlight won, boo-boo. And you know the audience, everybody and watching live was gagged. Da, da 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 da. And this, I believe, this is the year after the hashtag Oscars So White was trending. I think it was the year after this. I'm pretty sure. And so, of course, that was a big drama, and that's a big kerfuffle. And that's why they think that it won Best Picture after all of that. They like, oh, well, it won, so we're not racist. Cut to 2020. <laughs> And they cut to 2020. But anyway, so it is a beautiful picture. It's a coming of age story where there is a main character named Sharon. And he grows up in uh, like Florida in a rough neighborhood, a dark skinned black boy who has queer tendencies at an early age. And, you know, I think Mab and I both relate to that being young queer. people especially in the 90s and stuff oh yeah mm. and so it's based on the loosely based on the uh, the play by called in moonlight black boys look blue which to me is true like when i see dark skinned black boys in the moon like y'all be shining i'll be like oh my god like you and dexter be shining i'll be like well i look okay i guess like y'all look great but anyway it's it's a great movie and anyone who is a black queer amap person has and seen it there's no way you fully did not watch this movie and was not in tears that's why that's why i said i haven't seen it yet and i I need to watch it with a support group i need to watch it with y'all because i i know it's gonna probably shatter me to pieces it it was you felt so seen, even though you didn't go through those exact experiences. Like I wasn't in like the, I'm not gonna try to spoil too much of it, but there's three chapters of the movie where there's he's in his uh, youth as and his character name is Little, uh-huh. you know, because black people can't never just give you your name; they gotta call you some other shit. So they call him Little, 
And then in the second chapter, his and this is his teenage years in high school when you know it was the absolute worst oh, to so be painful. to be queer in high school. It was horrible. He went through severe yeah. bullying. Da, 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 da. And this one was called Sharon, which is actually his name. But then the third one is when Trayvonte Rhodes showed up. Thank you, Trayvonte. And if you know who Trayvonte Rhodes is, you know you want to be pregnant by him. That's not even a question. <laughs> but that chapter is called Black. And boy, does he ever look good in that color. He ain't got to wear no clothes to look black. Okay, anyway. Um, the, the, I'm, I know, I'm stupid. But, this, but the story is like really, really, really powerful in the sense that not only is he trying to grow up as a black man in the country, there's other intersections that are happening at the same time. There's an intersection of his queerness, great, that adds another layer to this. And he's always growing up and also growing up in an impoverished area. Uh-huh. So if you disenfranchise, you got people who don't know what queerness is, and you have to live up to this expectation to be a certain kind of black man. You about to go through it. Yeah. Yeah. And so me personally, I was like, this is a a powerful, impactful film in that way where I was like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I again I y'all wanna have, watch it. You have to watch it because it, it's it's crazy. But it did after the after of course after one best picture, of course, then you know, people went up and they skyrocketed and went to go watch it and all that kind of stuff and did it down. So, I don't know how to say his name properly. I'm going to mess it up. But his name, the one who won um, Best Supporting Actor that year, uh, Maher Salah Ali, that he played like the father figure to the to main character when he was a child. Okay. So he, but he wasn't his father in, uh, in the, the movie. He just played a father-like figure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when he was growing up, he was there to support him. And it was very um, apparent that they knew he was going to be some kind of queer person. But oh, counter, okay. to, counter to, you know, how I would say most daddies would treat you at that time period. Uh-huh. He was very supportive in a way. He was like, I understand. Yeah. You're, he's like, I understand what's going on, but I can't explain it to you how it needs to be explained because you're a little boy. Uh-huh. So, so he was basically like an angel that came to, to help him out. Right. So it was very nice. And it was like, and plus Janelle Monae's in it. So that just, ah! that just adds so much more magic to the whole situation. So it, so anyway, and that's the first book. The first book of it is called Little. And he, you know, gets in touch with what it's, what it's called to be called the F word and all kinds of fun stuff. Oh, that first time you were ever called the F word. Oh, you have your face. Your face is cracked. Yeah, that pain of that word. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't know what hurts more, being called the N word or being called the F word. By being called the N word by someone who's not black, or being called the F word by someone by anyone. You know, I think, and I, because to me, when I think about it, like if a white person called, was like, you nigger, I'd be like, well, let's go then. You know, like that's, that's my mind process about it. It's a little bit more like, I know you just didn't say this to me. Like I get a little bit more like a certain willingness to retaliate. 
Whereas when someone uses the F word, and see, I can't even say it because it still hurts that much Mm -hmm. because I think it's more so personal for me because, you know, when your daddy calls you it and all that kind of stuff, child, you be sitting there like cracked, like, wow. Yeah. When you have have those conversations, um, I remember hearing, like, my mom and my dad talk about me they didn't know i could hear them mm-hmm. but, but my dad sort of blamed my mom for me being gay mm-hmm. and just to hear that thinking that you know that reinforcement that it was wrong that reinforcement that um i was destined to go to hell because of it that reinfor- all hearing all those things at, and i was like 13 Hearing all those things at that age, that's traumatic. Right. (laughs) Especially when they're behind closed doors and whispering. So obviously you know to think like this is something bad. Like, and it has to do with So it it, it definitely uh, had a a part being called those words, being called that negative stuff, going through those experiences. Definitely had a part in me being an adult and being an advocate and speaking out and being strong Mm. in who I am when it comes to uh, my queer identity and my black identity, because I have to, I love myself. We have to love who we are because there's a lot of people out there who hate us and don't like us. So for us to be successful, for us to uh, elevate each other and elevate ourselves, we have to start with inside of ourselves and just love every bit and piece of of who we are and our identities. Gosh, are you taking us to church, man? (laughs) No. And then, so, you know, after, you know, we get through the process, I'm not going to spoil the movie because I won't really be able to have a full reaction to it. And we're going to be crying, so just get your tissues ready when I show up. Uh, So in the second book, Sharon, where he starts to discover himself in high school. And so, you know, everyone is awkward in high school except for the people who ugly now. They they peaked in high school. Now they look horrible. So that's just how life goes. So, you know, when we looked at train wreck in high school and we were trying to figure all the shit out and they was looking real beat in high school good for them but they was that's when they antagonized him call him all kinds of stuff da, 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 and giving him all the nth degree he even got into a really heavy altercation mm. well of course there's always a boy mm. Mm. a cute boy a cute boy that gives you that straight that gives you that glimmer of hope you know that glimmer man that you'd be like maybe it's possible uh-huh. like he had that boy that gave him a glimmer of hope so anyway, there was something really cute that took place between them, but I won't spoil. But y'all need to go watch it. But it's, to me, I think that glimmer of hope is literally just like exactly how I felt when I was at high school. Like, it may be terrible, but somebody gonna want a piece of me at some point. Exactly. At some point, something is, it's it's gonna happen. Like, something positive is going to happen. I don't know how, I don't know when, but there's this glimmer of hope. And I felt like this character represented that for Sharon in the in the movie. Well, I'm glad Sharon had some type of hope at that point. Because, like, even in all those movies, you know, um, that's my issue with a lot of queer cinema, is that it's always dramatic and that we always have a bad ending. Mm. That's my issue with that sometimes. Well, the way that this ends, so chapter three um, is called Black, of course. And this is when he done grown up. So in the midst of all this, you know, 
he, this has been during the crack e epidemic. So, uh -huh. you know, this is when, you know, um, all the drama and all the conflama of that time period was happening in addition to all of him growing up and all this other stuff. Anyway, so in this time period, he has completely metamorphosized himself so that he won't have to deal with nobody's shit no more. And let me tell you, the first few opening scenes of this section of the movie, you might want to get a fan to start fanning yourself. Okay. Because cause Sharon wakes up, and of course it's Trayvante Rhodes, and he looks... Ain't got nothing on. He gets... Yes, he gets out of his bed, and he just... It's a beautiful black body. Oh, what a beautiful chocolate man. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so good. And so he driving in his car on one scene. He got he got a he got a black t-shirt on. He got his little gold chain. He got the grill in the bottom teeth and he just chilling. You just be sitting there like I'm I'm gonna do something terribly nasty to this man. <laughs> Anyway, so at this point, he has completely metamorphosized himself to become a drug dealer so he can be on top. So basically, he's personified what was around him his whole childhood. So it was, so he basically shielded and protected himself away from all the drama and the conflama of being called derogatory terms because of his queer identity. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there, then this is the reason why, like people find this so flabbergasting that like hood niggas can't actually be gay. I'm like, baby, they probably could have been exactly who they was, but y'all like beat them into this circle. So now they they can't even step outside the circle. Actually. I was on Twitter earlier today, in fact, and it's like this video thing that's coming out, um, like in a couple of days, and mm -hmm. it's and it's and it's and something around the title like why black men don't cry, and it's like I think four or five black celebrity like men like basketball players, football players, and whatever you know them kind of niggas, and so they in the they um they like sit in the circle. And they just like, why you don't talk to me? We talk about nothing. We talk, you know, they don't want to talk about the emotions. And mm -hmm. so underneath all the comments, I'm just seeing just like women being like, yes, finally have this conversation. But then I'm also petty. I'm just like, okay, ladies, don't be sitting up here saying, yes, have the conversation. And then y'all continue to perpetuate that men can't have all these emotions and stuff. Yeah. Like this it's is a, cyclical. Yeah. That it's that it's uh the, the cycle of violence. Mm -hmm. It's like you said, cyclical. Like it happens in a, a circle, yeah. and these things have to. It, it, where, where? How do we stop it and put ourselves outside of the circle? The, but that's the thing too. It's it's the same way that white people need to be the ones to fix racism. Yeah. Men need to be the ones to fix this narrative about having emotions being weak, especially right. for black men, because that's what white people have also perpetuated as well. So, like, I and then I remember this time, like, when I think we were talking about blackness and stuff a little bit, a little while ago, and how you told me experiences about your, the, the darker that you are, you had mm -hmm. to deal with certain things and stuff like that. Or, like, when Dexter told me that, like, he crosses the street when he sees white women coming because he don't want to have no problems and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It's, like, this projection of, like, because the darker you are or whatever, your inherent black masculinity is always going to be frightful and dangerous and stuff like that. Emmett Till. Emmett Till. Emmett Till. How is he? 14, mm -hmm. right? He was a baby. Yeah, he was a teenager. And he and it's like she did. He whistled at me, girl. Nobody knows what she has. And that you know that have that has happened so many times in history of 
white women being abused by their white husbands and then running out and saying, it's a nigga. It's true. Rosewood, Rosewood, like, in the, that, that's in history that has happened so many times. And then the lynch mob gets together because they have a purpose and they have a reason because they were trying to find a reason to corral and, and hang and lynch all these black folks anyway and they burn need, down all that, sh- all that shit. They needed half a reason. <laughs> they needed half a reason. So um, before I start talking about uh, Moonlight, there's just a couple of things that I want to just, uh, one more thing I want to talk about is that the presence of water in the film. It was a very powerful reoccurring theme. And you know me and you as water signs, mm. we find that magic there. So there's there's shots of him at the beach having some restorative moments, him taking these baths and kind of diving himself underwater and just listening healing to himself. nothing, healing himself. At the uh, um, I'm not gonna spoil the end of the movie, but at the end of the movie, water was definitely involved and it just felt cleansed. And after after the movie was over, you crying, so it's more water. It's just water the whole movie. So you know, like they said on Avatar, water has healing properties and stuff like that. So. That's very evident. All the trauma that he goes through, he still finds his way back to a place where he can heal himself. And I think that's very impactful and important. Yes, I agree. So I can't wait to watch it with you. Yay! Okay, what did you want to talk about? You go ahead. Um, how about we lead? I mean, instead of talking about a specific movie, um, Let's talk about Daryl Stevens, the actor. Yay! And his name is not Noah Nehemiah Nickerson. That's not his name. <laughs> That's just the character because people love to still call him Noah. And he got, anyway, go ahead. For people who may be familiar with Daryl Stevens, we were introduced to him uh, on Noah's arc as Noah. It was uh, basically for people who uh, haven't watched Black queer TV shows, stuff like that. It was kind of like Sex in the City, mm. but in L.A. with uh, gay men of color. So we had Hispanic and we had Blacks. Mm. And the things that they went through and the conversations that they had, it, it, it's like the conversations me and Zay have, are having right now. Mm. Um, it was very, they were very articulate, put together. They were successful, things that we have not seen. Mm. Um, coming from like an era of Paris is burning, right. where you where it was just showing the ballroom scene and a lot of trauma and a lot of turmoil and struggle uh, through the happiness and the laughing and the performing and um, in this we get to see them be these successful um, uh, uh, adults. And I think one part that I really enjoy because we I saw Noah's Ark. I used to sneak and watch it. When was this, like 2014, 2015? We were 14. Oh, 2004, girl. Okay. It was 2004 through, like, 2006, and then the movie came out, what? uh, 2008? Was that when the movie came out? I think so. It was a few years after, because we needed a resolution. 2000, yeah, it came out 2008. Yeah, we needed a resolution. Uh, And... Um, just seeing like uh, one of the characters was uh, Mama Alex, 
and they were an advocate, and uh, they uh, got their own uh, HIV uh, STI clinic to do testing. Oh, um, I resonated so much with Alex. Okay, I wanted to be Noah so badly, but I resonated with Alex so much. Mama Alex was everything. I know. Alex ran the show. It was called Noah's Ark, but Alex was everything. <sighs> um, then we had um, Chance, which was the professor, the very the PhD, yes. the the highly qualified intellectual. Um, who was married. Yes, murdered. He was married, and uh, they also had a child. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't his child. It was uh, his partner child from another um, union, Mm -hmm. but it was still his baby. To see them have family was amazing. And then we also had uh, Ricky. Ricky Ricky. uh, was Hispanic and owned his own store in L.A. Very successful. Uh, And Fine as hell. Fine and back boots. Rick, Ricky, Ricky could get tail wherever he wanted. <laughs> Baby. And then we had our main character, Noah, who was Daryl Stevens, um, who was, you know, had his own style, um, would, would have, like, skirts if he wanted to one day, would have puff balls if he wanted, or would wear bright, like, just so fluid in, mm. in, in his style. And it was so beautiful to see. And really, that helped me so much to see that at that time. Mm. Um, it was very powerful. So big ups to Daryl Steves. He was, in, he was in a whole bunch of other movies like Boy Culture. Boy Culture! <laughs> the Skinny. The Skinny! No, he was in the Skinny. He was in the show right now that's uh, airing right now where he is, what's it called? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, he's on a new show. Be positive on CBS. Okay. Yeah, I think he's a nurse. I think. He's like, yeah, I think he's a nurse, and it's just it's just so amazing to see um, his career and him flourish and be on a, a television show that's on CBS. Mm-hmm. Like, yay, Daryl! I think what I'm most proud of is that he he didn't get stuck playing like the same character, like. Between Noah and even going to what's the character's name on the movie? The movie I don't remember what the on, on the skinny his character's name is or on any of the other movies, but his characters were dramatically different. Oh, when he was on when he was on another gay movie. He was. He only had a little part, but he had a good part. I loved him on another gay movie, and he was so different. Like he was trying to give like trade realness. I loved it. He was, and then he did the little dances. For the boy. Okay. I might have watched that a few too many times. Uh, yes. Maybe. Yeah, is freaking gorgeous. Gorgeous. Like. And he's he's a Pisces. I think his birthday's coming. Oh <laughs> I hate that I know stuff like that. I hate that I know stuff like that. And we I didn't even mention um one of the people I want to mention because those are the main characters of the show. Mm-hmm. But I also want to mention Wade, who ah. is, is played by Jensen Atwood. The finest. And, I'm sorry. I think it was awesome. Uh, yeah, Jensen Atwood. He uh, what he say on his bio on his bio on Instagram is I taught Beyonce how to twerk and I kissed Halle Berry. <laughs> and he's uh, he's I'm pretty sure he's straight in real life, he of course. Is. And 
to see an actor, a black male actor that comfortable in their skin that they can play uh, a gay character. Mm-hmm. That's that 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 is confidence. That is knowing yourself. That is being true to yourself. You're able to go in and out as an actor and do whatever you need to do, and be good at it. Right. It was so much. It was. It's awesome that he was able to do that. And so, thank you, Jensen Atwood, for your service. <laughs> thank you for your services. <laughs> Wade is from Orange County. I'm wink, sorry. Wink. <laughs> Anyway, but no, I, I same thing for uh, Trayvon Tay Rhodes, because, you know, this is like one of his first big films and he, you know, he was part of a big best picture for Moonlight. And so it's like he he had to play a queer man. And I was just like watching the movie and I was just like, oh, my God, you know, like, are they are they going to crucify him? You know what I mean? And so, but anyway, so those are the first two things we wanted to talk about. We're going to talk about a couple more two things. A couple more two things. Child boom. I could talk, I promise. (laughs) Okay, let's keep on going. What else you got? Um, the next actor that I wanted to talk about is a queen. Ooh, uh, we love a queen. Queen Latifah, to be exact. Latifah. And she was on Living Single. Just want to shout that out real quick because we haven't met. We, I stand Queen Latifah so freaking hard. So hard. Not only because of just her her personality, uh, who she portrays herself to be as just a normal human being, mm-hmm. but also because of her character choices in the movies that she's done. Um, we know her from, she played a queer character on Set It Off, Cleo. Yes, Set It Off! And I don't know about y'all, but every time. Every (laughs) time. That scene, come on. When she smoked that that last joint, and she had the car, and she she, was like, we finna go, let's go. And she get out the car, and she get shot up. The song, I love that song. I cry every single time. I don't even want to think about it. I've only, I've only watched it like five or six times, and I'm just like, every time I get to this kid, I can't do it. And the, the song, the song be like, uh, day after day. And you be like, I'm glad you kind of know the words. I don't even know the words. <laughs> but it's called Up Against the Wind. And I've listened to that song so many times, like, it took it just cried. <laughs> it's such a beautiful song. Um, but I also want to uh, talk about one of her HBO, or was it Showtime? I think it was HBO. An HBO movie that came out years and years ago called Life Support. Life Support. And she, it was based off a true story of a New York native who had contracted uh, HIV Mm. um, through needle sharing. Oh. mm -hmm. She was a drug addict before. And then also her her, uh, her daughter, um, I believe she she didn't have HIV or anything, but she really hated her mother for that, even though mm. she was living with them. And then there was also a side character, a gay character played by uh, Diana Ross's son, Evan. 
Evan Ross is in that. Evan Ross. Evan Ooh, is that in that light bright. He 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 is uh, positive, but he's in denial. He's in he running the streets and mm. not taking his meds. So the movie they're they're walking around. They're trying to find him mm. where he's at to to help him. And at the end, they release like the balloon, the red balloons, um, uh, signifying that you know the deaths and those who lost their lives to HIV. Mm-hmm. And just the the whole thing, like she in the movie, and the, it's based off of the real life of a, a real woman. I'm trying to remember her name, but she would walk down the street. She would go to the hot spots and be like, "Hey, you got condoms? Hey, you want to get tested? Like, you know, just be like doing just, the work, uh, doing the real work on the streets and." That movie is just amazing. Like Queen Latifah, and not to mention like Star and shit like that. Right. Queen Latifah has been in some good shit. She <laughs> does. And then one of our favorites, of course, is like, oh, Peter, I love what you've done with the place. It's so bland, so sterile, so wonderful. <laughs> That's what I did. So you like that, huh? Oh, well, you kiss my, my natural, natural black, black ass. ass. I don't need your approval. <laughs> she don't need your approval. <laughs> I, let me tell you, every time I get up in the morning, I do my workout, I do like that side crunch thing where she was like, compliment to Tybo two times a day, five times a week. And every time I do it, I'll be like, I'll be like, I'm getting my bra. You know, every time I do it. But, oh, 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 one, mm-hmm. more, one more thing to mention about Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. She also was in Hollywood, which is a mini series. <gasps> I remember. Um, what's what's his name? That, that Glee and everything. What's his name? Uh, he also did Ryan Murphy. Oh, Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy. Mm-hmm. And Queen Latifah, she played Hattie McDaniel, mm-hmm. which was the first uh, black woman to win um, an Oscar. Yeah, she won an Oscar for support best supporting actress best supporting actress nineteen forty for Gone with the Wind. Nineteen forty, baby. And if y'all know your history, Hattie, uh, they didn't want to let her sit in the front. They didn't want because of racism, because of all of that. She won. And they still didn't want to let her have a seat at the table. Did she have to walk all the way from the back all the way to the front to get her? Oh, that would have been my lady. I don't know, but it was it. It's just it's just so messed up. But I I found that it was really awesome that Ryan Murphy, um, uh, they they that they put that character mm. in Hollywood and had Queen Latifah play her. And the Queen Latifah character version of that Hattie was like queer and was kissing on boys and girls and all that jazz and was Ooh. very open and was helping a younger actress who um, was was in lead to, like, win an award, too. So it, it was, you know, uh, showing her, again, advocating and right. lifting her own people up, lifting people, lifting, lifting women of color up. Right. Um, Speaking happy, of Hollywood. And also, happy women's, uh, women's Yes, history. it's March. Happy Women's History Month. Yeah. Women of all <laughs> kinds, cis, trans, gay, straight, Asian, black, brown, Latinx, all of all, that's right. all of the Middle Eastern, all the women. Even if you cover yourself from the crown of your head to your soul, the feet, you are the essence of woman. Girl power. I'm your fire, your desire. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that God is a woman. And I, a bit at the men. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Ooh, that's my song. Anyway, so you have mentioned not only Ryan Murphy, but you also mentioned Ballroom. Oh, let me let me sidetrack real quick here. Both your people, Daryl Stevens and Queen Latifah, both Pisces. I just want to point that out. They are? Daryl Stevens' birthday is March 7th. Queen Latifah's birthday is March 8th, 17th? Somewhere in that bracket. That's weird. I didn't even look up their birthdays. I just be knowing stuff because I got to know who I need to connect with on a spiritual level. I need to know. <laughs> I need to I know. I to be either of them, especially Queen, though, because Queen looks like my auntie. She looked like auntie, my auntie Annette. She really do. Like she, she like she could movies. really just be your good, like your good auntie. That the one that like to give your mama all the shit, but then she's like, come here, auntie baby. Now come and take a hit of this blunt, mama. I'm like, auntie, I'm 20. My mama right here. She ain't got no shit. Like, like that's what she gives me. But you, you mentioned Ryan Murphy, and then like a little while ago, you also mentioned Ballroom. So I wanted to talk about, of course, the beautiful new show on FX Pose. Oh, yes. So, personally, for me, this show has revolutionized and changed my life in so many ways. Like, oof! So, it is a, you know, if you don't know what Posey is, you should know at this point, baby. You need to, you need to watch a good show. You need show to watch it. It's, it's on the flicks of Nets. So, go watch it on Netflix. <laughs> but anyway, it's a drama that takes place of the first season takes place in the late 1980s. And so then the second season takes place in the 90s. So it's a little bit later. But either way, so the, the, the show takes place and it centers around the lives of five black transgender women. The most of any show ever. Like, right. oh, beautiful. So we have MJ Rodriguez, India Moore, Dominique Jackson, uh, Angelica Ross, and we have... Uh, of Haley Sahar. So we have five black transgender women at the helm of this show. Never ever done before. It's beautiful. We love it. And the show takes place in the ballroom scene, which stems from the from the New York scene when black and Latinx um, LGBTQ plus people didn't have anywhere to go and celebrate their lives. They would go to a ball. And be up there like whack. Yes. And so another show that's kind of like a little sidetrack from that is the show called Legendary. So if you have HBO Max, darling, go watch Legendary because Legendary is sickening. Anyway, so on the show post, we essentially have these characters and they're undergoing all the drama, all the conglomerate that it means to be a black transgender woman. So all of this is just... It's 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 such a great show. That's the first thing that everybody needs to recognize. But like, it just tells the story so well. And I wasn't there, but I feel all the all the storylines that are taking place. So I really, 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 genuinely love it. So, what do y'all? Do you have any thoughts about Pose? About Pose? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Angelica Ross. When she left, okay. I'm, I'm oh, you you go. We go right to the spoilers. <laughs> when Angelica Ross, when she left, that made me so sad. But it, it was amazing how they did like a in her honor. Mm-hmm. They sort of did like a little uh, in her honor, uh, like her best looks 
mm-hmm. in the episode, and I thought that was so sweet. Um, I, I do. I, I also like how it prose brings up uh, modeling and oh, being mm-hmm. being being a black model. Not only that, being a black trans model mm-hmm. in that time period that was amazing um, because that's something that you do not hear people talk about a lot until we had that show uh, Disclosure with Laverne. Ah, yes, Disclosure, the documentary. So much stuff we're dropping here for y'all to have access to and stuff like that. Love Pose. I I also, um, when they brought Evan Peters in there and, you know, his character was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm glad that it exposed that there's cis white males, cis males in general, love them some women, some beautiful women, whether they be transgender or cis. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 I'm glad it opened up that conversation. Yeah. So I, I want to just point talk about the balls just a little bit. Like, I just want to talk about, so like at a ball... We just talked about like how it's so much fun, it's so much energy, so positive. So what happens at a ball, for people don't know, is that the people who are participating in the ball, they dress up in different categories, and they, what is Austin doing? <laughs> this fool. Anyway, Mab is like, is dragging around people and stuff like that, a mess. Anyway... So at the balls, we have people, and so this is, again, black and brown, Latinx queer people that weren't accepted in the 80s, 90s, and such and so forth. And they found a place to crawl and be themselves. So the ball, very much like Cinderella going to the ball. You know, you, yes, a princess having a ball. (laughs) And so they would dress up in their finest clothes and they would show up. And basically it was a little competition for people to be able to, black and trans and queer people to be able to illustrate, we can be just as good as cis heterosexual white people. Yeah. Who can do realness? Realness meaning like they dress and they look like the characters that they're portraying. And then, so it was just a very beautiful thing in that way. You know, there would be mothers of houses. So houses were like these little, little cliques of people together. So some people like to call me their mother. So I'm like the mother of a house. Mother. Mother. I like I'm the mother of a house. I'm not old. Don't call me old. <laughs> but I'm the mother of a house, kind of in a way, sort of. And so... Basically, these houses will compete against each other, kind of like rival football team, basketball teams. They will go against each other so that they could, you know, see who can get trophies and prizes. But not only would you get trophies and prizes, but you would also get money. So if you can get money and black and brown queer people who are literally have nowhere else to go, you know, they're using their bodies and doing sex work and other stuff or selling drugs to get money. Ciao. This is the way to go. Let me win a ball. Let me get grand prize. Let me get some money to do what I need to do so I can support my livelihood. To to fund the houses and to fund uh, making sure they can buy clothes and not have to steal clothes and stuff. Like, all of that. Right. Like, I think people really don't understand the magnitude of what it's like to be a black queer person. It's a lot better now. I will say that. But back then, I couldn't... The 80s and 90s? If you... I couldn't even imagine... What Especially was, with the, the 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 with everything going on with HIV and right. stigma, 
this was the, not really understanding this was the pinnacle of the hiv virus like it really really was like this is when it was like oh my god if you get this you just dead and so like it was bad and death so sentence yes a death sentence during that time period it was like okay we have we basically have this disease we're gonna live up this moment as much as we possibly can so i don't know this the, the whole show go ahead I, I also want to mention, I thought it was amazing that they mentioned uh, Madonna and like how they were talking about, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, she's taking what we do. And then she has introduced it to the pop world. And Madonna is definitely giving the girls their coins, her, her dancers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They were queer people of color too. Mm-hmm. And for her to, to bring them on tour and all of that, that was that was an amazing way to advocate. That was an amazing way to provide space for those individuals and to show that all because, you know, people started, especially in the 80s, 90s, people started to associate, oh, if you're gay, you have AIDS. Right. Not even you know? HIV. You have AIDS. You have AIDS. And to disassociate uh, being the a queer identity with having the uh, HIV virus, that was very pivotal and important. And I believe her doing that mm-hmm. that helped to, that helped pave the way. So thank you, Madonna, for that because that that was important. That's that's a way for people to make change mm-hmm. and to and to use their platforms to uh, increase awareness and to keep. Um, help other uh, white, especially she was helping other white people show folks, white folks that why are you afraid? Right. Why are you, you know, I, you know, Madonna crazy anyway. But right. <laughs> my, my, my thing about it is that I want people to really, really take away from it is that even though she did give, you know, those black queer men who did teach her voguing. So voguing was a dance form that was created a combination of martial arts and crazy different poses that Austin would love to do from from Vogue magazines. So is he doing what? Is he doing what? <laughs> Our, our Austin is here. Our friend Austin is here. Yeah, we, we love Austin. He's so adorable. <laughs> anyway, but like, it's like, voguing was a combination of those things. It was a dance form. It was an art style and all that kind of stuff. And so when those gay men became, you know, increasingly popular with their dance thing, Madonna picked them up and she taught, and they taught her how to vogue. Hence why we have the song, Vogue, Vogue, you know, so... <laughs> Somebody said on Legendary, some white man, I don't know what his name is, some skinny white broad, came on to you Legendary. <laughs> and, white broad. and he you said, see. like, a lot, if not most, of queer black culture is basically our culture now. Yeah. And so, like, all the things like, ooh, honey, child, girl, purr. Yeah. Like, we made that shit. Or, like, even, like, period. We, like, like... I won't say that we made period, but like girl or oh my god, I was gagging, tongue popping, all of that shit. Mannerisms, sayings, idioms, you name it. All of it. Like it was from the ballroom scene. The most oppressed, most marginalized the baby. And so they just want to feel like we didn't take nothing. We didn't do nothing. That's just how you just talk. I'm like that's just how we talk because we've been talking that way for years. You just yeah. now think it's cool and you think this is what something that was happening on Twitter. 
AAVE is becoming a very popular thing on Twitter and TikTok. And so white people think that's just a Twitter, TikTok kind of way to speak to people. It's like, no, that's just how black people talk to each other. And so it's like when you just start talking to each other in that way and they think it's something that you can just put on and have fun with. And then now they're like, oh, it's not fun anymore. It's over. It's like we talk like this all the time. It was never fun or over it. We just kept adding new shit to it. And y'all thought it was fun. And now y'all over. Y'all like it's played out. How y'all get to say what's played out? No, that, that, it's, 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 it feels like the mass, mass culture, or what do you call it, tech culture, it's something like social media culture, or something mm-hmm. like that, um, sometimes, there's a lot of us that promote and elevate different voices when in need, you know, right now, mm-hmm. uh, it's Stop Asian Hate, mm-hmm. um, because of everything that's been going on, Baby. that's been going on for a very long time, but of course, you know, things have become oversaturated when it comes to violence, mm-hmm. um, but now, there, there, it, it seems like it's a trend at right. some points and the uh after the trend ends then the erasure ensues again right it's like and we, that's the issue i have right it's like we took that piece and that was fun and that was cute and now it's not fun anymore because y'all still doing it it's like it was never a trend it was just how we communicated this with is each how other. it is yeah so, I mean, like, so I get that. Like, so that's just some of the stuff I just want to point out. It's like how much stuff, all that stuff, like the Real Housewives of Atlanta who who spun out all that stuff about, like, that was black women. That was black gay men. That was, like, black trans women. Like, we made that language. And now y'all think it's so fun and so cute. And it's like, girl, no, we've been doing that. That's why that, that Stonewall movie pissed me off. Baby. You remember that, that, that movie that came it. out in the 2000s? <laughs> I don't want to think about it. And they had that that cis head, uh, no, that cis white uh, homo mm-hmm. boy throwing shit. I'm like, y'all, history is incorrect. Mm-hmm. They, they, <laughs> but they, they went down. He, he wasn't there. This is not, what are you doing? But that's what that's what it is. Erasure. It's, it's it's erasure, and it's the like, well, or or like, oh, um, I was just listening to this the other day. It was on hidden figures. With Taraji and Octavia oh, Spencer, that great that movie. That looks good. Beautiful. And so basically in the movie, they changed it, of course, because they just can't be the bad guys. Like the white people uh-huh. cannot be the bad guys. They changed the movie to where it was like they let her go to the bathroom and do, they, they let her do all those things. And it's like in real life, she's like, girl, no, that's not what the fuck happened. Like, y'all just accept what y'all did and be okay with it. When Stonewall happened, y'all was sitting there real cute and pooched. Sitting there cute and pooched. So I'm just like, that's why, like, on Big Mouth, when Big Mouth told that story real quick about black women and they talked about um, Marsha P and throwing the first brick and getting everybody to get all rioted up and stuff and stuff, I was like, Yes, y'all better motherfucking do it right. I still need to watch Big Mouth. Uh, I'm behind. Yeah. I've seen like two or three episodes of Big Mouth. I need to watch more. You need to just... I was stuck on book, book. You... <laughs> <laughs> Why do you smell so good? Because I don't use deodorant and I only take book, book, book. <laughs> book, book. <laughs> 
Anyway, so um, Pose, um, if you need certain validation, it has a 96% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, since that's apparently a huge factor. They are currently filming season three, uh-huh. and I am so excited about that. And then my biggest idol, Miss Janet Mock, they, she, she, firstly, her birthday's coming, because she's a Pisces, too. I love Pisces. I'm just going to put that out there to be unequivocally clear. I love me a Pisces. So if you if you a nice 6'4", light skin Pisces, and you like the girls, please come this way. Please come this way. And you got your shit together, please come this way. And you ain't got to be light skin. I'm just being mean because that's just how I am. So um, anyway, so but like. I, the writing on the show. She actually wrote the episode of that you talked about with Angelica. She wrote that episode. She did. She no and, wonder I loved it. And so oh. you know how many phone calls I got after that particular episode, though. Yeah. My brother yeah. called me. Yo, your best friend Dexter called me, and somebody else called me. They was I think my mama called me, and they was like, I just wanted to make sure you okay and that you bad. I'm like, girl. What's wrong with you? I just watched the episode where this character died. I'm just like, oh, the guilt is setting in. You care about me now. You care you. about me after you did see somebody die, huh? I'm like, you get it now. And so I just want to just encourage people to go watch it to give an inside um, look at how black queer like how we are still growing from that ball still take place now, you know, against people better judgment during Miss Rona, but they still taking place right now. <laughs> Why are you putting me in front of Austin? Oh, he, he reading a text message. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he was, I thought he was for to say something. No, he was reading a text message. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay, never mind. So anyway, that's what I want to say. Um, <laughs> Y'all, please go um, watch Pose, tune into it, and um, thank you, Ryan Murphy, for making that. Thank you for actually getting black uh, trans people in the cast, actual black trans people in the audience of your show, in the writing room, you know, Our Lady, Jay, Janet, everybody who works on this show, um, Bianca Castro, all the people, thank you so much for making sure that they're included, and then Moonlight. It's important. Representation is important, but it has to come from the correct place. Uh-huh. And so, thank you again for Moonlight. I know he didn't write that, but thank you for Moonlight. Who wrote Moonlight? Let me just double check that right quick. Oh, directed by Barry Jenkins. Thank you, Barry Jenkins, for directing this film, and he also wrote it, too. So, praise God for him. And so, this is literally how you do it. This yeah. is just how you do it. And I need to see more of this. In the future, I need to see more black queer cinema and I need and movies and TV shows. I need to see all of it. I don't ever get tired of it. I don't either. I don't we, ever get tired of we, it. We, I, I just want it to be, I would love for Noah's Ark to be resurrected. And I'm telling you, that would be, because it would be so funny. Because Noah's Ark was so funny in so many ways and so good. It could be so much. This is, this is, my, this is my pitch. and I'm going to stick to it. We have Noah's Ark because we have the we have the uh, Miss Rona Chronicles. You remember? You did you watch it? We did. Yep. Okay. That, um, that was they they gave us such a treat. And so they said that they gonna have a baby. So and I'm just like da 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 da. And I like that Alex's character was having a hard time with their child being a non-binary person. I'm like that is my yeah. sickening because Alex was like one of the more femme people on the show. It's it's oh. 
we can. It was like I don't know what to call her. Right. <laughs> I'm just like I'm like in, I'm like internalized femophobia. I love this from the most feminine character on the show. I love that. That's a great idea. So I'm like, we don't need to have Alex and Ricky, even though Ricky, what's his name in real life? Oh. The dancer, he's a dancer in real life. Uh, Richard? Richard? Rick? No, that's Ricky. That's that's. I'm I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. And then Uh, Christian Vincent. Christian Vincent and um, Douglas Spence. So Doug Spearman. What I say, Spencer girl. Okay, (laughs) I know my character. I just don't know him right now. Um. (laughs) So we just need them to be like the the older generation. And yeah. then we need their children or like some people that they're in their lives, they mentor them or something. We need that. Like like remember um um uh chance one of his students came along for the the retreat in the movie. Yeah. They came, he came along for the wedding in the movie. Mm-hmm. Have him be one of the new characters that they're talking about. Because now pretty social media it has risen and all this stuff. Remember they they was still <laughs> they was using like laptops, weird laptops, and their websites were just like so dated. Right. Year, you know, things have changed. So it'd be awesome to have something here and now right and i and more importantly than it just being here and now it needs to be like just it it needs to be more than the coming out storylines yeah i want to see like how noah's ark did it wasn't like coming out the whole time because it was just like we're gay characters or we're queer characters this is our lives and i'm like that's what i want we don't need to see someone being like oh i'm queer oh i'm gay i'm bi i'm like great we we know that we, we got it let's let's move let's on. let's move on. on let's move on you know that's what i want and so by the way that's what i will want for um austin said he agrees austin of course he got he because <laughs> he got sense that's why he don't want to get twirl so Anyway, so I think that's all we gonna have time for for this episode. I hope y'all enjoyed. Um, go check out Moonlight. Um, go check out uh, Pose on FX. I think both of them are on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then of course, uh, Daryl Stevens is D A R R Y L S T E P H E N S. Correct. And Queen Latifah, Q U E E N L A T I F A H. Yes, you and I T Y. You and I T Y. Plus, she a rapper, girl. Boom. Anyway, so I'm out. Back it up in the end. You and I T Y. Need some brandy in there, just a little bit. You, you got to get your piece of brandy, don't you? You just got to get your piece. Anyway, we're going to be out this jam, y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of Black to the Future. We love y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Bye. 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 
Thank you all so much for tuning in to Black to the Future. Yes, thank you for joining us. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black to the Future Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Black to the Future Podcast as well. Share the content and please leave positive reviews. Yeah, hola. <laughs> and we will see y'all in the future. Don't you mean Black to the Future? Oop, I guess you're right. We'll see y'all Black, Black to, to the, the Future. future.